0: a place for everything and everything in its place. Now, those who know me know that's not my motto at all. I am not really a very tidy person in spaces that only apply to me. But there is something I think very important to remember about that phrase, a place for everything and everything in its place. That refers to things, not people. How easy is it for us to get caught up into putting people into categories? The good, the bad. Those who live here, but not those who live there. Those who think this way, but not those who think that way. Those who are rich, those who are poor. Those who are Democrats, those who are Republicans. Those who, whatever, you get the idea. It is so easy for us to do that. It is so easy for us to write off certain individuals because of what we think we assume about them. Divisions in our world today, whether it's in our country or around the world, are everywhere. There are political divisions. There are divisions within the church, There are divisions between those who live here and those who do not, and those who might like to live here. There are divisions and divisions and divisions. And most of the time, we don't really get into a place where we can learn about the other. We tend to get our news from one source, usually the source that reaffirms what we already believe. Studies have shown sociologists have proven time and again that we tend to associate with people who are like us. We know that we maybe find it easier to listen to people who reaffirm our beliefs than those who challenge us and cut against the grain. And perhaps most tragic is that we are not unlike the people in either reading who do the same with God. If there's a characteristic of God that is the most difficult for us to embrace, it is that God is loving. And not just a little bit loving. God is all loving. God pours out gifts on everyone. Even those people we don't like get gifts from God. In fact, they may be more likely to be able to use the gifts from God because they're more readily able to see them than we who have already decided which gifts are worthy for which people. This Eldad and Medad in the first reading, we don't know why they didn't go with the others. We don't get any reason. And it seems from Moses' response that the concern of Joshua was that somehow the fact that they didn't come to the camp with the others was an insult to Moses, that they weren't obeying him. And that's an understandable concern. You don't need to read very many encounters with Moses to understand that they turn on him very quickly. One can understand why Joshua might be a little defensive about people not doing what Moses directs them to do, because when they don't listen to Moses, it's really that they're not listening to God, And they get in a bad way. But the difference is that even though they didn't do what Moses said, they were receiving, demonstrating, and using the gifts of God. The same is true in the Gospel. John is getting concerned. We don't know why. Although John and his brother James were quite the ambitious ones, and they might have been a little resentful that they couldn't control all of the followers of Jesus. I don't know. But Jesus points out that if they can do the works of God, then they're with us. You see, that was one of the, the questions that some asked. How can Jesus do these vol- tremendous and valuable works? if he's not from God. So what does all this mean for us? I have worked hard in my own life to try to seek out people who think differently and who believe different things than I do. And with some people with whom I have the strongest disagreements, some have been willing to enter into me uh, with, with a kind of a little bit of a project where I have to, before I can say what I want to say, demonstrate to their satisfaction that I understand their point of view. That I'm not making a, a, an assumption about what they believe. I've articulated what they say in a way that they say, yes, that is what I believe. What if we spent more time listening to each other? What if we spent more time seeking to to witness to the power of the gospel so that more people could follow Jesus? What if it was the case that we said, I'm going to think of someone that I'm going to invite to join me at the celebration of the Eucharist. I'm going to bring someone to Mass just so they can experience what makes a difference for me. Maybe I'm going to take a chance and say, where did you see God this week with someone who's a dear friend of mine? Maybe I'm going to take a chance to search out that person that seems to be alone a lot to support them, to hear them, to listen to them, to know them. That's the invitation that God gives us. The Hebrew word for know is really a relational word. It is not about knowing a fact. It is about relating with a person. So, when we hear in the Psalms, for example, be still and know that I am God, that's relational. Be still and enter into a relationship with me, God. I am God, enter into a relationship. In the Old Testament, when uh, a, a woman like Mary says, I, I do not know man, it means that she doesn't have a relationship. And it's not any old kind of relationship. This type of knowledge of a relationship is one that is the most intimate of relationships. And so knowledge isn't about making sure we've got the right players on our team or in our tribe. Knowledge is not about just knowing a lot of facts. It's about a relationship with the truth. And this relationship with the truth for us, that should should ring a bell for us. Because the relationship with the truth for us as Catholics is a relationship with Jesus who is the truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And so, All of this that we're hearing today in the readings has to do with the caliber and quality of our relationships with God. And, if we're going to be really authentic and look carefully at the reading from James, our relationship with others. If we're not careful, we could get the idea from the scriptures that just being rich is a problem. It's not in and of itself a problem, unless it makes our hearts fat and lazy. Unless it causes us not to look about how we can use these blessings from God to build up the kingdom of God. These hearts get fat, they get lazy. That's the concern that James is recognizing, that the people he's describing can see someone in need and not care. It is the antithesis of what Jesus says to anyone who gives even something as simple as a cup of cold water to someone simply because they're a believer. We could extend that to say simply because they're made in the image and likeness of God. And so I think the question is, will you have today a relationship with the truth? Will you find that time to be still, to be in the presence of God, so that by coming to know God better, you can come to recognize the ways in which God pours out gifts on everyone and come to recognize the ways in which God is calling you to meet those who are in need? Take a moment today to be still and know God.